We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Tony Punk, a longtime dynasty, redraft, and best ball player with the FFPC. He's coming off two 2018 dynasty titles, one at the $2,500 entry level and the other at the $750 entry level. In 2018 alone, his total prize winnings with the FFPC totaled nearly $25,000. You can follow him on Twitter at TeamX747. In this episode, we talk about his favorite rookie receivers, why he loves hoarding picks only to flip them, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is 2018 $25,000 FMPC fantasy football winner, Tony Pong.
high stakes lowdown again this week. Uh, Eric Balkman joined uh, this, uh, well, I guess this month since we're doing um, since we're doing uh, monthly shows until the uh, NFL season starts. But I'm joined tonight uh, by uh, a gentleman who has won many dynasty leagues. He's won uh, many redraft leagues, uh, placed very high in our uh world famous uh, uh playoff challenge as well and and by my count just a shade under 25 grand total last year from the ffpc including two dynasty titles it is tony pong tony thanks so much for doing the show you're welcome appreciate uh, you joining me we've i know we've done the hsff hour before and uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll get into some good stuff tonight. Before we do, can you tell the listeners when you're not uh, playing fantasy football and, and sending out and accepting and rejecting all these trade offers, can you tell uh, the listeners what you do for a living? Well, I don't really have a lockdown nine to five, but I've been doing a lot of imports from uh, the U.S. and Mexico into Taiwan and China. Lately, it's been wine and uh, honey, beef jerky and chicken feet. So if anyone wants to expand their sales on their product, hit me up. That's exactly what I had for dinner tonight. It's it's amazing how you just how you nailed that. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's that good knowledge, and I'm and I'm guessing that because of of um, this type of work, you kind of make your own schedule, and it's much easier to to dedicate um, large chunks of time at your uh, at your leisure to managing your dynasty teams, right? Yeah, it definitely helps, especially during the off season. But during the NFL season, uh, the games are on around midnight here, so I don't really get to watch that many games live, but uh, definitely helps with the trading and keeping track on the players and stuff like that. So that's interesting. Do you end up watching? Obviously, you don't watch them live, but then during your own time, do you get a chance to, to go back and, and watch the film of, of, of the games that took place every week, or, or are you sort of is that sort of a luxury that, that you bypass in favor of managing your teams instead? Well, I have NFL uh, Game Pass, so I actually do go through uh, all 16 games or however many games during bye weeks. And uh, I watch usually uh, Monday night football because that's around like 9 a.m. my time. I watch that. <clears throat> but so, I do go through most of the games. So then so then does it, do, you have, do you ever watch the Sunday night game at all or the Thursday night game? Yeah, all night games. It's about 8 to 9 a.m. here, so I get to watch all those live. Perfect. All the other games I'll just make up throughout the week when I have free time. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, let's talk about this 2500 uh, uh, Dynasty number three uh, championship, the FFPC $2,500, $2,500 entry uh, number three league that you took down last year. Uh, the team management in Dynasty, it is a year-round thing. It is what you want to make of it. And uh, the more you, um, the more time you spend on it, I think the more rewarding and more fun it is, no question. Can you tell a little bit about this trade that you made? You, you ship out Leonard Fournette. But you get the NFL MVP back in exchange in Patrick Mahomes. What was the line of thinking there, and how did this trade come about? Well, I actually traded my uh, 2021st for Fournette when the news broke his contract was no longer guaranteed. And not long after, I, the offer came in uh, with Mahomes for Fournette. And I just – typically, I'm not a big quarterback guy in these 12-team uh, start one QB leagues, but especially moving a young back like Fournette. But – his injury issues, he's not really a receiving back. With Mahomes showing what he can do this past season, factoring he can probably lock down the QB spot on my team for at least 10 years, if not more, I thought it was worth the risk. And uh, early dynasty and redraft leagues have Mahomes higher than Fournette in uh, 
draft position. So I thought the value was there too. So I just went ahead and uh, accepted that offer. Well, now, see, now that's interesting. So when when you found out that Fournette's contract was was no longer guaranteed, you you decided to to trade your first round pick to acquire him. Why was that? Well, I thought it was a good uh buy low. I mean, I didn't. I mean, the talent was there. I mean, the Jags had a bad quarterback. I mean, you knew they were going to bring someone in. <clears throat> so I thought the opportunity was going to be there for me to actually get a decent young running back for a good price. My 2021st was probably going to be late coming off a championship run. Adding a talent like that, I just thought it was a, a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, so essentially it was your it was a first-round pick for Mahomes then, if you think about it, right? And that's a really good deal. I mean, he's been going, what, second, third-round dynasty startup with uh, FFPZ from what I've seen. So, and that and that makes perfect sense. And 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 obviously, you know that his star is ascending. Uh, no question, as as far as uh, that offense they got lined up in Kansas City. Philip Lindsay was obviously huge on this team last year to help you uh, bring home the championship. Now he had that serious wrist injury in Week 16 last year, and obviously Royce Freeman was the guy who the Broncos drafted in front of him uh, last season. You know he's going to be back this year. So what kind of season do you think? Lindsay is in for in 2019 and I think I know what you're going to say here have you considered moving him in any of the leagues that you own him in not just this 2500 but any leagues that you own him in in any deals well he actually didn't do much for me during the two most important weeks I think uh, he put up under 10 points in week 15 and 16 16 was the week he got hurt but he was a major hit for me during the regular season he carried the team probably to uh you know to playoff bound and stuff like that I'm not too concerned with his wrist injury. He had a whole offseason to get it right. I'm also not concerned about Royce uh, Freeman. Can't teach speed, can't beat speed. Plus, none of us really expect Lindsley to be a 25-plus carry guy. Get him 12 rushes, 4 to 5 targets in the passing game, and I think we're about, we'll see about the same fantasy output with him. Top 15 RB is going to be there. I think that's about his floor, 15, 17-ish. And if the new coaching staff can drop some plays for him, I think he can probably beat that. I did move uh, three shares this offseason. One was for uh, 2021. And on in most leagues, unless the team is a top three team in the league, I'll move them at that price uh, probably all day. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's interesting too because – and this is something I still – well, listen, I struggle a lot with Dynasty. If you look at my if my record, it's it's not pretty. But what, one of the things I struggle with in Dynasty is when – and I do actually own Philip Lindsay in one of my leagues. Um, one of the things that, that, that is still something that, that um, I, I know I need to get better at is when a guy is coming off a big season, you know, we – at least the way that my mind works, I tend to lock him in to the following season as a major contributor. And I kind of, I, I, I don't think about him. You know what I mean? Just, okay, he's going to be my second running back. I'm all set there. Now what else can I do? Instead of looking at it like, okay, well, maybe somebody else is willing to what I think overpay for this asset. And then I need to take advantage of, of acquiring more of what I perceive as more in exchange for, for, for my asset. And, and I think that, you know, it's important to do with it with Lindsay. And I think in your case, it's a perfect example. You believe that he's in for a similar year in 2019, which, and it was great last year, but you're still willing to move him when the price is right. And I think that's, that's something that, that a lot of dynasty owners, and I don't know if you, if you feel this way, I think a lot of dynasty owners aren't always the greatest at doing. Yeah. Well, with, 
the 2020 class is so hyped right now, right? With all these good running backs that supposedly going to come out. So if it's a non-top three or contending team, I think the price is right to make the swap. And I think first-round picks only gain value, right? So I think I can probably uh, get a better player probably towards the end of next football season or before the trade deadline. Because on this team, I have uh, – I move Lensley. It's actually in the 750-26 uh, league where I came off a championship, so – I just wanted to uh, probably get a better player in the future. And I have two uh, players right now that I can plug into the running back spot. So he was kind of expandable to me. Perfect segue into my next question, which is about that 750 number 26 title winning team. Um, this is a pretty big trade I want to talk about. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if I got if I got any of the assets wrong in here. But you, you ship out Baker Mayfield, Chris Carson, and a 2022nd. <coughs> in exchange for 2025th, 6th, and 7th round picks, plus Damian Williams. Talk a little bit about why why you made this deal. And I noticed that on both these title-winning teams, uh, the 750-26, number 3, you own Damian Williams on both these squads now. Well, numbers don't lie. I mean, Damian Williams, he was putting up insane fantasy numbers after replacing uh, Kareem Hunt. And I think Casey will have someone doing some early down running. But with their style of play, Damien's the player you want to own. That trade was, uh, to me, it was a major overpay. But this was before Odell <clears throat> was traded to the Browns. But I also have Mahomes on this team. So Baker wasn't going to see much starting time on this roster, if at all. Uh, <clears throat> the 2022nd, to me, is going to be late again. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope <clears throat> it will be late. And Chris Carson is a nice back, but I think he'll be splitting carries with Rashad Penny. And I just want more Kansas City players over Seattle players in fantasy. What do you make of um, – well, let, let me so, – so I think this goes without saying, but you don't see, given Damian Williams' performance last year, you don't see Kansas City adding – I mean, maybe they had a running back on day three in the draft, but you don't see them investing any um, – assets into their backfield with any of their first three picks in or you know a, a top three a first second or third round pick in this year's draft do you personally i don't i think they need a lot of help on their defense i think we all saw that right yeah uh, no, that's totally clear <laughs> and then they they got carlos hyde right i think he's going to be their early down back but in this offense you want the receiving back and damian showed he's in sync with uh, patrick mahomes Major big plays in the passing game, and that's who I'm banking on. I mean, it could go the other way, you know, but that's what uh, I'm banking on. Damian Williams uh, putting on the same show he did the last five weeks of the 2018 NFL season. Carlos Hyde, to me, doesn't really pass the eye test. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of with you. I think he does get uh, a significant amount of of early down work uh, this year. Uh, But one, he, he... he's not the healthiest guy in the world. He tends to get banged up. And two, I just, I don't think he's that big of a playmaker. So, I mean, even if it is closer to like a 50, 50, 60, 40 split to get Williams, who's I believe younger, uh, who I believe is, is the better pass catcher and, and has already developed a role in this Patrick Mahomes offense. I I think by, you know, if you can buy low on him, uh, you know, which I think you did here in, in this trade, I think that that's a smart move. And, and I'm, I'm a little, I mean, I guess anything could happen and, and maybe the unknown is scaring people like, well, what happens if Kansas City inexplicably drafts 
you know, uh, somebody in uh, in round two of the draft. And I don't think they will either, but I think that's what it is right now. You're dealing uh, with the unknown coming up to the NFL draft, and you got to stick by your convictions. And, and if, if you believe you're right, you can really cash in on, uh, on improving your dynasty squads, no question. Speaking of the draft, Tony, Kyler Murray, it sounds like, uh, from everything I've read, he's going to be the number one overall pick going to Arizona. Now, if he is the guy there, I got to imagine he is going to assume the starting spot sooner rather than later. How does Murray, or the supposed acquisition of Murray to the Cardinals, how would that affect the dynasty value and, and, and the fantasy output of one of your running backs on this 750 number 26 team, David Johnson? Obviously, it gets better, but how much better? I think it's going to get a lot better. I mean, the whole Arizona Cardinal offense sucked last year. So I expect him to be a, have a big bounce back season. And I think the new coach, it's what's going to make him better. With a dual threat quarterback like Murray, I think it's just going to, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy it's him over uh, Josh Wilson. Have you have you considered sending out some offers for David Johnson? And, and I'm just kind of curious if, if that's the case, what's sort of been the reaction to the to the David Johnson owners? Do they want more? Are they not? Are they are they sort of in like a holding pattern right now and, and want to hang on to him? Because it sounds like you'd like to be more in the David Johnson business. Well, for me, he's not really young. I mean, I think he's what twenty eight. Yeah, he's not Getting a young up man. To, he's not a young running, not the type of uh, running backs us dynasty players trying to buy. I am trying to buy him, but I'm also not trying to sell him. I mean, he's he was a first-round starter pick last year. He's already dropped to uh, mid-second. I think uh, if you own him, you hold him. As far as buying, if the price is right, I'll buy, but I'm not eagerly trying to overpay for a player like David Johnson right now. And, and it seems to me like if you can get a decent deal on him, and if, if 2019 goes the way that, that, honestly, it should with Kingsbury, um, you know, coaching up a, a pretty, what we what we hope is an electric uh offense that 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 should be a lot better than last year return of larry fitzgerald kyler murray gets the addition maybe you can flip david johnson at the end of 2019 too that's that's certainly a possibility too for for somebody who's who's buying into it he is sneaky old i mean he he is he is a guy that that came into the nfl as as an older type running back and i think a lot of people forget about that you might be able to take advantage of that even at the high stakes level in certain leagues this episode is brought to you by decoy wines of sonoma california as you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Now, a, a receiver that is on the young side in Tampa, uh, now playing for former Cardinals coach Bruce Arians, 
Uh, Chris Godwin. Let's talk about him because it was, I believe, two weeks ago that Bruce Arians says he's going to be close to a 100-catch guy. So knowing that that's what his head coach is saying, how do you handle Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the dynasty teams that you own them on or you know dynasty teams where you don't own them, maybe you want to acquire them? Your thoughts on Godwin and Evans now under Arians? Well, I don't own any Godwin, so I probably don't think he'll be a 100-catch guy. But if I did, I'll keep Evans and I'll trade Godwin. I think he, Godwin's going around fourth to fifth round in startups right now, and I think that's too high. Around that area, I'd much rather have older guys like A.J. Green, T.Y. Hill, or even Landry or Allen Robinson. That's just me. Uh, I need to see it to believe it. Just from a coach talking about it, I'm not really eager to pay that price for him right now. Yeah, no, and you, you bring up a good point. I mean, Chris Godwin right now for FFPC uh, Dynasty Startups, and, and this is, again, with, with tight end premium scoring, he's going at the 5'10". It's not a huge sample size, but you look at the guys that, that you know, that you could get at. I mean, Jarvis Landry is basically going around the same point. Um, then you have some unknowns in, like, Nikhil Harry and DK Metcalf, guys like that. Um, but you, you bring up the point of, you know, Godwin's never done this before, and to a certain extent, people who own him have been waiting for this breakout. And I mean, he was kind of like a highly touted dynasty rookie coming out of Penn State, and he's shown flashes. But he hasn't been that consistent. When you have a beastly guy in Mike Evans, who they've already paid in Tampa, and who already has developed a pretty good chemistry with Jameis Winston, I think there is reason to be concerned here and, and reason not to fly off the handle and, and go trading and, and trying to acquire Godwin based on this one um, you know, potentially innocuous quote from, from uh, Bruce Arians there. So that's something to be aware of, uh, no question. Uh, we talk, let's talk about the rookie receivers. I just mentioned a couple of them. Uh, there's there's actually some really interesting ones. The Browns and Marquise Brown and A.J. Brown. I already talked about D.K. Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, um, the kid from um, uh, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. I know a lot of people like him. Your thoughts on uh, the rookie receivers this year that you maybe like or, or maybe that you think are a little bit overrated? Well, I'm not a big rookie guy, probably because uh, I live in Taiwan now and been here for six years, so I don't get to watch a lot of the college games. But from what I've seen, I like Harry the most. I think he's the most ready rookie to put up numbers. Big, physical, run after the catch. All the other receivers, I kind of took some peek at them. I'll probably, After Harry, I'll probably like A.J. Brown the most. And all the other guys, I just haven't done enough research to really uh, put my thoughts or my <clears throat> opinion on them. You know, A.J. Brown's um, a guy that... You know, even before this past college football season started, when I was kind of like looking, you know, you get amped up for the college football season and you you start looking at some of the players that are going to be playing, the highly touted ones. And it seemed like A.J. Brown was like, like I, I kind of like half thought he was going to be the first receiver taken, maybe the 101 mm-hmm. in dynasty drafts coming into the season. And he really didn't do anything bad um, to, to knock himself down. But it just seems like the, the playing field uh, – you know, with all these receivers, I just think it's a really good class. You know, we didn't even mention Debo Samuel. He's another guy up there, too, uh, that, that I think, um, I don't know if it cheapens the 101 at all in Dynasty drafts or or maybe makes the 105 or 106 a little bit more valuable uh, than, they, than, than it has been in recent years. But those rookie receivers are going to be fun to watch 
uh, as we get, we're two weeks, essentially two weeks away from the NFL draft. We'll see where they end up because that'll be crucial as well. Um, getting back to your, your statement on you're not a big rookie guy, do you feel that that's helped you in Dynasty Leagues over the year that, excuse me, over the years that, that you don't go gaga for these rookies and, and you're more likely to part with picks in exchange for proven veterans and it's obviously, I mean, the, your success level in, in, in at the FFPC Dynasty Leagues, I mean, it's, it's not questioned. But uh, I'm just curious, how much has that played into it that, that you know, you, you don't get as crazy as some, you don't have rookie fever, uh, as, the, as the players say, as much as some of the other drafters? <clears throat> well, this is a good question. Uh, in all the leagues I have, it's quite a bit. And I think I've been playing with uh, FFPC for the last five years. I only drafted one rookie pick, and that was uh, CMC McCaffrey. Wow, wow. Yeah, and then I had the 104, 105, and he fell to me, and I just picked him, and, you know, he turned golden. But uh, usually what I do is uh, I like to flip my picks for uh, proven players. I don't like to flip my picks for old players, but I like to flip them for proven players that I've seen play in the NFL for a season or two. I do, however, like to uh, collect a lot of first-round rookie picks during the season or in the offseason. But most times, I never draft any rookies. I'll flip them for people that have probably better talent than I do. I guess I suck at drafting rookies. You know? so. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, no question. Um, so, okay, so let me ask you this. So in the, in the um, you know, during the NFL season or maybe right when it ends, you're acquiring these first-round picks. you got to be coming up on the time where these things are peaking in value where you can really get a lot for, for a first-round pick two weeks outside of the NFL draft and, and four weeks outside of, of most rookie drafts starting, right? Yeah, of course. Well, the pick thing, why I like to get picks, because the values always increase. But once it gets close to rookie draft, you have people that think they know what they see or what they're doing. So you can get really good players. Like You can get third to sixth round startup players for those picks, and I'll flip them all day. Getting back to the... Um to the art of trading in dynasty leagues. Do you have a part? I mean, we talked about the, you know, the, the picks thing, uh, you know, how the, the first round picks are always ascending in value. Do you have a, any other particular, I guess, philosophies uh, on trading as far as, okay, now this is, uh, you know, looking at a certain guy. Okay. This is the time to buy low on this guy. I got to start sending offers out. Uh, okay. This is the time I got to sell high on this particular player. I got to get some offers out and, and, and make sure I'm, I'm, I'm dealing him now at what I perceive to be his peak value. Uh, or, or is it just, there's no art to it. It's just a total feel thing where you're constantly trying to make your team better. How do you, how do you assess trading and, and approach trading in your leagues? Uh, with FFPC, I think, uh, everyone knows there's a 16 man cut down in March. So you like to uh, flip a bunch of young players or players that aren't in the top tier. So pretty much you want to use three players to get a player. But for me, typically, I go get who I want. I have no problem overpaying when it comes to trading. The buy low and sell high game probably isn't really for me because if it's a player I like, I don't see too many teams uh, willing to probably give me what I want to move off them. So mostly I'm a buyer, not a seller. That's interesting. Okay. Well, okay, uh, l- let me ask you this. Talk about buying and selling. Is there one player that you're trying to sell right now in Dynasty or, or maybe a couple of players, you know, with uh, 
Here, okay, let's don't answer that yet. Let me ask you this. It seems like I bring up Antonio Brown on, on just about every show I do, but I'm gonna, bring, <laughs> I'm gonna bring him up right now because he is so confounding in the fact that he's he, he is so uber talented, and the numbers he have he has put up over the course of the last half decade have been stellar. However, new team, new head coach, new offense, um, and, and it's and and I don't want to call his his behavior into question but it it certainly has me raising an eyebrow you know the stuff of the tweet about juju smith schuster and the other stuff he's been saying and, and putting out these weird workout instagram video i i don't you know he's just he's one of those guys where i'm not quite sure where his head's at ever you know and and that's not necessarily a terrible thing but as far as dynasty goes i feel like there's a chance that we might look back on this moment right now before the NFL draft starts and we might look back on this as saying that was the right time to sell Antonio Brown. How do you feel about if, if you have him in any leagues uh, or if you don't, how are you treating him in Dynasty right now? Well, I I got to admit, I sold him too early. I was, I was selling Antonio Brown pie two seasons ago. But uh, when you ask that question, that was the first thing that came to my mind, too. This dude, dude is out of his mind. I think he'll put up decent fantasy numbers this year, but I don't want that type of drama on my dynasty teams. And his age is getting up there. So, uh, yeah, he's. I'll sell him, you know, to anybody that want to take him. Now, I wouldn't suggest selling him low, but if a fair price come in, that dude is off my team. I don't want Mr. Big Chess on any of my dynasty teams right now. What about uh, what about your thoughts on Todd Gurley? I mean, are, are you really concerned about this arthritic, you know, supposed arthritic knee? Uh, is this a guy that that you know people should really look at at selling for seventy cents, eighty cents on the dollar right now? I think uh, I don't own any Todd Gurley, sadly. But if I did, I think the time have passed to sell him for a good price. If you do have him, hold him. I mean, he's not that old. Uh, with the way uh, the medical field is, I I don't think he's gonna be that bad. I think he's he's about. I think he's a good price right now around his uh, value and his ADP around uh, mid to late first. I actually might buy him if it's around that price right Interesting. now. Interesting. Okay. All right. So I'm making you feel better about my Todd Gurley shares for sure. Um, <laughs> is uh, is uh, is there uh, is there one player? That maybe you own in, in one league or a couple leagues, or you're like, I've already, Valky, I've had offers out uh, on this guy uh, trying to move him. I haven't gotten any um, anybody to take him yet. Uh, I really think that that his value is about to go down after this 2019 season um, starts. Is there a player like that right now that, that you are looking to, to move? Well, I want to move players like Antonio Brown due to age, AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, but no one's really giving you a lot for those guys right now. So uh, I'm going to hold them. They're probably going to uh, retire on my team. Yeah, and, those, you know, I, I've always – we always talk about holding the bag. And one of the guys I was most proud of um, that I held on on a couple of my dynasty teams for years that I, I – against my better judgment that, that I felt like I should have moved and I didn't. And it worked out that I didn't. It was Heinz Ward. Because that guy, it just always seemed like this was going to be the year he dropped off. This is going to be the year he's going to drop off. And it never was. Like, it, I mean, it finally was. But, I mean, you, I squeezed out probably an extra three really good seasons um, from from his play uh, when it when it comes to that. Now, the, the flip side's true, too. I mean, there's plenty of players that I should have moved and I didn't. 
um, and, and I end up paying the price for because uh, I held on to him too long. But mostly, I'm with you, especially at the wide receiver position. I just feel like, you know, the the you, you can usually get away with holding the bag on those guys, especially the super elite guys, um, longer than, than uh, you can at, you know, say running back or something like that. Um, conversely, is there a player that, that you don't have that you're looking to acquire right now uh, in the hopes of either a potential breakout 2019 or maybe a guy who is a proven player coming off a bad year uh, that you think could have a big 2019? Allen Robinson, Chicago Bears. I think uh, we all saw what he did his last playoff game. So if you give him targets, he can ball. Uh, that's one player I'm aggressively trying to get. But, you know, I'm not going to overpay for him too because, you know, he isn't that offense where they <clears throat> aren't giving him enough targets. But I'll pay uh, any random first if anybody wants to trade him to me. You know, hit me up. Indeed, indeed. Um Let's talk about, let's see here, um, what you're doing with your money. 25, almost 25 grand in fantasy football winnings uh, with the FFPC last year. Uh, any plans on what you're going to use that cash for? I think most of it went back to FFPC. Uh, more <laughs> of it probably will go back to FFPC. I mean, right. we just, right now it's just best ball and dynasty startups. Once uh, redraft kicks in with football guys and uh, the main events, yeah, probably more of my money will go in, more than 25,000. So, that's probably uh, where all my money's going to go back to. So do you ever do anything fun with your winnings, Tony? I mean, a- a- anything at all? Uh, playing fantasy football is fun. <laughs> ah, there, that's the perfect answer. There's the answer we're looking for. Great stuff, dude. I Listen, I, I certainly appreciate you hanging out with me uh, on the show this week. Uh, Rotoviz, uh, High Stakes Loanout, awesome uh, stuff from you. Good luck in all your leagues this year. I know uh, you're not a big rookie guy, but I'm, you still pay attention to the NFL draft, right? Oh, of course. It changes the value of other veteran players by other teams taking uh, rookies and whatnot. Yeah, of course. NFL's draft, the biggest thing in April for me. That's awesome. That Well, we're all looking forward to it. We can't wait. Uh, two weeks away, dude. Good luck uh, this season. I hope to talk to you again soon, and uh, can't wait to see how you do in Dynasty in 2019, man. All right. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion.
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829-92 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. 